favorite thriller. Presented by The Thriller Fiction Podcast. Jim Heskett talks to thriller authors about their favorite thriller books. And now, here's your host. I am talking today with Robin James. Robin, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Uh, pretty good. You know, let me uh, kick us off. I will read a little taste of your Amazon bio, and then we'll launch into talking about your favorite thriller. All right. Robin James is an attorney and former law professor. She's worked on a wide range of civil, criminal, and family law cases in her 20-year legal career. She also spent over a decade as supervising attorney for Michigan Legal Clinic, assisting thousands of people who could not otherwise afford access to justice. Robin now lives on a lake in southern Michigan with her husband, two children, and one lazy dog. Her favorite pure Michigan riding spot is stretched out on the back of a pontoon, watching the faster boats go by. So, uh, Robin, my wife is from Michigan. Where on the uh, mm-hmm. hand are you from? Next. I am, let's see, I am right here. I'm about, uh, well, just not very far from the Michigan border. <laughs> okay. Or my I mean wa- the Ohio border. My wife oh. is from Grand Blank, and um, okay, she, uh, we she has some friends who live in Honor or have a cabin mm-hmm. in Honor up by the mm-hmm. the uh, the Sleeping Bear Dunes. Right. And we right. go up. Uh, yeah, we go up there from time to time. Yeah, that's we always say in Michigan that the hand thing is one thing, and the other thing is we'll say we're going up north, which means anywhere could be anywhere. And then, and then when you tell someone from Michigan, yeah, I'm just going up north for the weekend, no one questions it. Or to the lake. There's mm-hmm. thousands of inland lakes in Michigan and no one nice. questions. Which... So tell us a little bit about you and your writing. Well, I am a legal thriller author. So all of my protagonists are attorneys. Um, they are thrillers. So it's definitely some suspense and life and death type stuff going on. Um I have my first legal thriller came out in January of this year. So this is a newer endeavor for me, although I've been published in different genres under different pen names for a lot of years. But um, so, yeah, I've got uh, the niche is strong female protagonist, small town lawyer taking on the world pretty much. Nice. So, Robin, here's probably the most important mm-hmm. question of the interview Hit me. If you could only, if you could have an unlimited supply of one thing for the rest of your life, what would it be? Whether that's duct tape or sushi or what would it be? Unlimited supply. It would probably be something like Reese's peanut butter cups, like mm. the little ones that come in the foil packs. Right. That is an excellent <laughs> answer. I have to say, I'm very impressed. I, I might, I might choose the same thing. I'm thinking. Anyway, so uh, we're talking about your favorite thriller, and the thriller you want to talk about is The Firm by John Grisham, which is actually one of my favorite thrillers, too. It's at least one of my favorites that I've read. I only read it last year, and it's one of my favorites that I've read in the last few years. Yeah, I was a little... I'm not so much up on the classics, even though... Right. It's a modern thriller, but it's probably a classic by now. Right. I would would call The Firm... I, I had a really hard time trying to pick which would be the legal thriller. And I, it's not even my favorite, but it is the, in my opinion, legal thriller of the modern era that kind of kicked off that whole genre. So, but yeah. Can you give us like a spoiler free synopsis about the book? A spoiler free, it is a, about a young, hungry lawyer who takes the dream job of his life and 
it turns out it was a deal with the devil. So then the rest of the book is how he is um, dealing with the choices that he made and trying to get out of it with his life. What do you think makes it the definitive legal thriller? Well, it was, and most people have either read the book and or seen the movie. So a lot of times it's hard to even talk about the book without also talking about the movie because it's, you got Tom Cruise and it was kind of the perfect movie in terms of the every man, David and Goliath uh, story. But um, I think Grisham just does a fantastic job of just taking very dry, what could be very dry material. There's a lot of legal and financial stuff that forms the plot and just somehow making it into the, a simple, understandable page turning ride, if you will. Mm-hmm. So, um, and you know, from the beginning, what the bad, who the bad guy is. And you know, the second on page one, you know, yeah, this is a bad deal. Like these people are not what you think they are, mm-hmm. but you just kind of go along the ride the entire time to see how he's going to get out of it. Yeah, I'm I'm a perfect example of someone who knows nothing about the law and nothing about uh-huh. legal, legal matters, and I was never confused. Um, right. I was never confused by the plot or the minutia mm-hmm. of the legal stuff. So yeah, John Grisham did a great job of explaining it for the uh, non-law people. Right. So the the hero of the book, can you tell us what makes that hero so compelling? Well, I think Mitch McDear, who is the main protagonist, he's comes from kind of a hick, poor, poverty-stricken family in, in the South. And he manages to overcome that and ends up at Harvard Law at the top of his class. And he's just on the cusp of being able to kind of flip his life script and have everything he's ever dreamed of for himself and his wife. And he gets this amazing offer at this um, fantastic firm with all the perks and he it's right there for the taking and he takes it and then he turns out that it's this trojan horse of evil things that he's got to figure out where he's gonna is he gonna go along and just sell his soul to the devil and take the money and run or whatever or is he gonna try to get out of what he signed up for Mm -hmm. but uh so you go along with him that whole that whole way i remember liking liking Mitch from that first chapter, John Grisham did a good job because that the, the kind of reader I am, if I don't care about the first, if I don't care about the main character in, by the end of the first chapter, I'm probably not going to continue on because right. unless a book has really relatable characters and some, some way I can see myself a little bit in that main character. Sure. I'm not really interested in continuing on. Right. And for me at the time I first, I read it when it first came out and then I reread it last week leading up to talking to you and I, I will say that I had two very different experiences, but I'll, we can talk about that too. But the first time I read it, I was a, I'll date myself. That's fine. I was a senior going into my senior year of college. So I knew I was headed for law school when I read this book. And I also had a lot of friends that were on the same path. And I'll tell you, when we first read it, it was kind of like, well, this sounds like a pretty good deal. Like, how do I get this offer? (laughs) (laughs) I want to work for this firm. But so, yeah, it really spoke to me at that level because I was at that point in my life where this could happen to me. (laughs) But then then when I read it last week, I had a much different experience because I've been an attorney for a long time. And 
there are aspects of the book that I don't think quite hold up to more modern sensibilities. There's a lot of mm. cringy things that are kind of borderline. He's not too great. At least Mitch isn't so great describing women in the book. So like there are a couple, my 48 year old self and my 22 year old self had a different experience, but I still marvel at how well he's able to take those dry, complicated things and make them approachable for every reader. Nice. That's interesting. Uh, there have been a couple of books that I've read across a uh, couple of decades span too. Yeah. you know, to out myself as an, as an old person. <laughs> and I've definitely had a different experience. It's interesting to go back and read something after you've had a lot of life experience versus, right. versus reading it as someone who maybe hasn't, you know, ever had a job or had right. to uh, pay a mortgage. You read books a little differently. Right. So uh, on the opposite spectrum from Mitch, can you tell us a little bit about the villain without getting too much into spoiler territory? Well, the villain is really the firm itself. And then, you know, there's a couple of individual lawyers within it um, that Mitch has contact with. But I but the the villain is a much bigger, more nebulous thing. You know, I think he's fighting against the external which is what he's being asked to do from the firm and the consequence from the very beginning he's being watched by different factions and you know that from the beginning the way Grisham writes it he's writing in third person and he's so you know within the first two chapters you know that there is this sinister overlord if you will that is watching his every move but um and then the real villain is this is the crime family and I'm not really spoiling anything by telling that, but you don't really see them. The, the Moralto crime family that's behind the firm isn't really something that's ever talked about concretely. They're just kind of there. But um, I think the struggle for Mitch is really um, obviously dealing with, and, and even the FBI is somewhat of a villain in the story as well, because he's not really trusting that they're going to deliver on the promises they make him. So he's kind of, against three or four different major villains throughout the entire book. What do you think makes it so page turny? Well, I mean, part of it, I think, again, reading it the second time around, especially after you've been a writer for a while, you I don't know if it's this way for you, but I can't read books the same. <laughs> you know, you're always kind of looking at like, oh, how did he do that? Or how much time do you spend talking about? Um, I think that Grisham is very, like his prose is very simple and approachable and he doesn't spend a lot of time on narrative description you know it's it's either all dialogue or this happened and this happened and this happened so there's really not a lot of downtime in it so and if he's got that perfect blend of being in Mitch's head and what he's struggling with and then he'll throw in you know while this thing is happening with Mitch the whole time he's being watched by whether it's the feds or the evil forces within the firm that are tapping his phones. So there's always that constant, he never lets off on that constant, you know, the evil eye is on Mitch the entire time. And then the end, you know, I won't, again, not spoiling it. The last third of the book is really where the adrenaline fueled suspense comes in where Mitch is actually in a fight for his life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one one nice thing about knowing who the villain is from the outset uh, is that you know the danger is coming, and yeah. whether or not Mitch knows it, you as the reader know it's coming, and so that always adds an extra element of 
tension because maybe you know more than Mitch about what's going on. Right, right, right. So do you think do you think the firm has a theme? Sure. Uh, I think the obvious theme is that David and Goliath fight. You know, Mitch is just this nobody, really, and that's kind of why they hire him in the first place, because he's hungry and he's not independently wealthy and he needs the firm to get what he thinks he wants, what his brass ring is. So, and he's fighting against, again, the, the FBI and the mafia and this powerful, rich law firm. And it's, you know, the, 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 through most of the book, you can't figure out how he's ever going to get out from en- under any of it. Even if he wins, he loses because mm-hmm. he's going to have to give up all of these things that he has worked so hard for. Um, and there's also that deal with the devil uh, aspect to it, you know, which has been part of, you know, going back to Greek mythology. <laughs> so mm-hmm. there's a lot of, I think, common themes that are throughout the book. I know they made a they made that movie with Tom Cruise, like you mentioned. Yes. Didn't they also make it into a miniseries? Um, I am not as up on the other iterations, and I know there was a uh, they made an attempt at a sequel series on television. Wow. As, but I never, I never, honestly, I never watched it. And I didn't even know that until I started doing some research back into the book. So apparently it didn't do very well. <laughs> but yeah, there have been other attempts to, to and it, it's a great story. There, uh, I mean, even part of some of my own books is th- that question of like, well, what happens to Mitch after the firm? You know yeah. I mean? So I'm not the only one asking that question. John Grisham doesn't, he, he hasn't written series, has he? All, aren't most of his books um, standalone? He, I, he's got a few that are, I think, in the same world, but I don't think he's got a. He doesn't. He has actually a series for younger, yeah, like a young adult series where he follows a young lawyer type protagonist. But most of his books are are standalones. Yes. Have you Have you read a bunch of his stuff? Like, have you Are you I a have, I'll be honest, devotee? I'm not, I wouldn't call myself a devotee. Um, I. Definitely was into his earlier stuff, like The Firm. I think A Time to Kill, which was the book he wrote before The Firm, but that didn't go any. He didn't get anything traction-wise publishing until The Firm hit. Uh, the Pelican Brief is another famous one that I, they also made into a movie. But the at the same time, it was John Grisham. As far as legal thrillers, you had John Grisham and Scott Turow, who Scott Turow is probably most famous for Presumed Innocent, which was also a movie with Harrison Ford. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, w- I can't say that I've read much of his more recent stuff. And part of that is just because, you know, as writers, I don't have as much time to do reading for fun. Mm-hmm. And I tend, to not, I tend to not read in the genre that I'm writing very much for whatever reason. <laughs> yeah, I definitely hear you. I, I like to read very widely. I'm actually just reading um, Philip Pullman's His Dark Materials. Okay. And I, you know, the, uh, the Golden Compass and that, mm-hmm. that trilogy. I never read it before. It's amazing. Right. Um, oh, well, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty eclectic, too, with my tastes. Yeah. Um, who are your other favorite thriller authors? Um, well, I would say for sure Stephen King would be who I'd consider the master of suspense, as does everyone else. Um, again, as far as legal thrillers, I'm a huge fan of Scott Turow. To be honest, I might even be a bigger fan of Turow than I am of Grisham. Although I respect Grisham because without Grisham, there wouldn't be, you know, I probably wouldn't be selling what I'm selling. 
Right. So um, I would say those are my most, and uh, Dean Koontz, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm really excited about what he, where he's going next uh, with mm-hmm. his Amazon publishing deal. But so, yeah, I, I would say for my thriller reads, and I, Dan Brown, for sure. Um, I'm trying to think as far as indie. Uh, I like the Jack Reacher. St- well, though he's not indie. I like Re- Jack Reacher. I've been reading some of Dawson's stuff lately as well. Mm-hmm. So I all over the place, pretty much. <laughs> all right. Robin, what book of yours do you want to tell us about today? My series, at the moment, I have one series out that follows, my protagonist is Cass Leary. So it's the Cass Leary legal thriller series. Book one of that is called Burden of Truth. And so I would say if I was telling anyone to, who wants to, to know or get into my stuff, I would tell them to start with Burden of Truth. All my books are written as standalones, but they involve the same protagonist. So it's mm-hmm. best to read them in order, but you don't have to read them in order. But, uh, yeah, that's the book that I would recommend for book so, one for me. Uh, tell us about the book. What's it about? Well, my um, my book has some similar themes to The Firm. Um, my protagonist is actually someone who is a former mob lawyer who has gone back to her small town roots to start over because of things that happened with The Firm. And uh, Burden of Truth follows, uh, as she goes back to town to kind of rebuild her life, the high school hero basketball coach gets murdered. Mm. And Cass is, um, she's on the court-appointed defense docket, and she gets assigned to the case of the girl accused of killing her. Killing him, I should say. So that's uh, where the book's starting point is. So she's dealing with the basically the town completely against her because the hero has been murdered and um, also her acclimating to life after having that big firm mob lawyer job. (laughs) And it's definitely a suspense. (laughs) Nice. Sounds interesting. Um, Is there anything else that you want us to know about? Anything uh, you wish I would have asked you? Now's your chance. Um, Now's my chance. Well, okay. In addition to, uh, I've got four books out in the Cass Leary series. Number five will be coming out in November. Um, I'm also, uh, I've got my own podcast that I've just started that's geared towards assisting mystery thriller authors. It's called the Mystery Thriller Author Resource Show. Nice. And what we do on that show is I'm trying, I, in with my background, I'm a, an attorney for 20 some years. My husband is a career police detective. Um, I have a very close friend who was a, TV anchor and news reporter uh, who writes in the cozy mystery genre. So the two of us got together and what we're basically doing is interviewing crime solving experts. So episode one, we talked to a career police detective about, we call it detective 101. You know, how did you get to be a detective? What's your day to day like? So that's what we're trying to do is talk to other um, experts in the field. We've got a coroner lined up. We've got um, lawyers, like anybody that you'd want to know more about if you're writing or even reading crime thrillers. So those are the things I've got going on. That sounds really cool. I think that would be of interest, not just to writers, but also to right. people who like to read that kind of fiction would probably right. be interested. That's what in... our thought process is when we're putting them together. It's like, what do you, if, if you like this genre, what would you want to know about who the real people are? Nice. And our experts all talk about like, what are their favorite books or movies that they think are getting it right and then what are the things that drive them absolutely crazy about, yeah, we would never do that in their real right. life. What was the name of that podcast again? 
It's called the Mystery Thriller Authors Resource Show. Okay. And um, I can send you a link. <laughs> Great. Um, also, I think we should point out uh, that you are not the Robin James, who is the illustrator of the Children's no. Book Serendipity series. No, I am not. I wish that I could draw. <laughs> but I cannot. Because I have several of those books upstairs in my son's room, and you are not the same person. So we should make that clear. <laughs> no, I am not. <laughs> All right, well, Robin, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It's been great to talk to you. You too. Appreciate it. All right. Take care. Hey, it's Jim Heskett here. I hope you enjoyed that interview on the Your Favorite Thriller podcast, talking with thriller authors about the thriller books that they enjoy, plus their own work, and also some occasional silliness thrown in just for fun. I want to let you know about a couple things I've got going on. If you will go to jimheskett.com forward slash reader group, you can get free thriller books which I'm guessing you'll like, because if you're listening to the show, you probably like thriller books. Well, how about getting some for free? Also, if you go to jimheskett.com forward slash contest, you can get uh, a chance to win free stuff, and all it will cost you is your email address. That's j-i-m-h-e-s-k-e-t-t dot c-o-m forward slash c-o-n-t-e-s-t, jimheskett.com forward slash contest. Thanks for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. If you enjoy the show and if you're getting stuff out of it, I would love it if you could go online to Apple Podcasts and the Google Play Store or Stitcher and leave me a rating and review in the Apple Podcasts app. It's super easy to do. All you have to do is scroll down below the show. You can tap a button to rate and then you can write a quick review. You don't have to write a freaking book. It can just be 10 seconds worth of, hey, this is the best show ever or, you know, whatever you want to say. I don't want to put words in your mouth. But anyway, I really appreciate you listening, and I hope you will stick around. This podcast only comes out from time to time, so just stay subscribed, and when new episodes are ready, they will magically drop on your phone. Thanks. Have a great day.